Good evening, good night, wherever you're tuning in. The Off The Tips boys are back in business. It's It's been a couple of weeks between pods. We, we couldn't tie down the boys' schedules last week, but a man I have managed to track down from his London residence is AC after he's been gallivanting all around Europe. And he's back. He's back on the podcast. We've Everyone's been hanging out for him. And welcome back, mate. And how have your travels around Europe been? Hey Cal, g'day listeners, it's great to be back, it's been a long time coming, I've been carting this mic around Europe, it survived two um, x-rays, this stuff got me to pull it out twice and uh, both times it's passed through, so that's good stuff. Um, I wouldn't really call it residence at the moment, um, I'm on a couch, but hey, massive uh, props to Tommy, uh, Monty's um, younger brother who's doing me a solid here. Yeah, how has the how's the couch surfing been going? Is it is it a, is it a decent uh, is it a decent scratcher? <laughs> it's actually a beautiful uh, leather couch, bloody comfortable. I've actually been having some good sleeps on it, so I can't complain. Yeah, mate, it's all part of the experience. And look, we won't go in depth on on all your travels, but can you give the listeners a couple of highlights of places you've been over the last kind of month? Yeah, so I guess since the Open, I went Greece, um, Saget, Croatia, and then I went to Croatia, and then down to Turkey. Um, probably the highlights would be Dubrovnik in Croatia, beautiful beach spot, um, lovely swimming there, and also um, Cappadocia in Turkey, which is kind of known for the balloons. Um, getting up early in the morning there and watching them set off is actually it's a pretty amazing experience, um, and then Lastly, my last day of the travels, I went to Gallipoli, which was seriously humbling. And I'd encourage any Kiwi who's over in Europe to go do it because it just gives you like another understanding of kind of what they went through and kind of all that stuff you get taught at school, you kind of actually have like a picture of it. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And you say you encourage any Kiwi that's over there to, to go have a look. Are there any Kiwis that aren't over there except uh, a select few because geez i can tell you what for free instagram is just hot under the collar with 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 european summer holiday packs did you did you meet any actual locals from some of these places or were you just hanging out with other kiwis and australians like most of the other punters that go over Oh, the more touristy places like Croatia and stuff, for sure. Kiwis and Aussies everywhere. Turkey, there was a lot more locals. We met a few, kind of hung out with them for the day kind of thing. Um, so that was, Turkey was probably the most authentic uh, travel experience I'd had, I'd say. Saget was just full of Kiwis. I made the mistake of wearing a WARS jersey one night and it was, I was just getting so many up the WARS, people coming to yarn about the Warriors and it actually was too much. I shouldn't have worn it. Oh, just that. Yeah, I can, I can see how that went. It became punishing, punishing when you just wanted to, to cut some shapes at a. Oh, I don't know a, about that. At a at a festi, but 
Uh, hey mate, I'm, I'm actually fresh back from a, a delayed flight holiday. I've been I've been over over home in Christchurch. It was it was fantastic. For those of you that don't follow the Instagram page, I got on the bag for our our fill in, our substitute teacher uh, <laughs> co-host DZ, and and I guided him around my home track of of Rustley to a to a win so that was great and a big shout out to the great man who got selected for the canterbury golf team last week and do you want to do you want to know what i took out of my caddying experience my 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 debut on the bag of course i do go go ahead well well i just i think less is more when you're on the bag and just be confident i i think I probably so were you made... actually giving him advice. Well, I yeah, I probably I gave him on two 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 holes. I I piped up. Uh, I on eleven. I told him to go an extra club because the wind's hurting more than he thought, and he knocked. He hit one to about four feet. Made birdie, which was I felt I felt like Stevie Williams when I did that, and then he he was. He he started on eight, so he came round to to one, and he was kind of a little bit uh, flustered. He'd run over to fill up his drink bottle. A good caddy probably would have done that for him, but I was uh, too busy making sure all the head covers were back on because I did drop one on about thirteen, and <laughs> and he said, "Is this driver?" And I just told him with authority the way the way you've been driving the ball to mate today, mate. It's it's driver. And and he proceeded to hit driver about fifteen short of the green, but he on twelve the par the par five at Rustley, uh we we hit, we I, I say we because that's what we were a team. He hit yeah. one he hit one right, but they've taken some trees out there, and but but it's not as bad as it used to be, and it was into the wind a bit, and I tried to talk him into hybrid, and he just. He looked at me like I was um, <laughs> an idiot. He was like, I was like, mate, I was like, we're far enough back. You can definitely hit hybrid over there and, and get over the bunker and just have a little widget. And he's like, mate, that's like <laughs> essentially if looks could, could say words, it was just, just get fucked, mate. And he proceeded to just hit nine iron back into play, which is showing that the, uh, the difference in, in level and the way we, we think about the golf course but yeah it was it was it was good i i wish i could be there to to get on his bag for his representative well canterbury debut that would have been that'd be great but but i can't that that little yarn you had there just screams of you playing your own ball just absolutely belting one into a tree with hybrid flushing it and only getting halfway up yeah but and i didn't really take into account that his the guy who was playing had just hit one off the planet left. So like we we didn't yeah, we didn't need a brother. We we didn't need to make a number. We we just we just needed to keep the foot down and just and just keep chipping away. And he proceeded to make a unbelievable up and down on thirteen from a, a place when he hit it there. I didn't say it because I know like that's surely caddying one hundred and one. You don't say that's fucked. When he hits it there, but <laughs> when I went down there and, and started having a look at it, I was like, "Oh, this is this is serious trouble." And he proceeded to just get up and down. It just yeah, 
showed the DZ's kind of quality and then, yeah, so well-deserved making the Canterbury team and hopefully I can get another another go on someone's bag soon because I think I'm only going to be better for the run. Yeah, good good to know. Maybe you can take Rory's bag. Well, I probably I probably gave him as many, DZ as many reads as Harry would give him, so. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Hey, um, we'll have well, to mate. we have to tear up a, a round with all the off the tips um, crew when I'm back Alum. because um, we've had a few now. It's yeah, and they've all done a have. great job. So uh, thank you to all of them. I'm sorry for putting you through that, Cal, having to <laughs> ring around, but um, should be back mate, on deck full time now. Yeah, it'd be great. Maybe we can we can get them involved. Uh, a bit more regularly. We didn't do the muffin challenge in Christchurch. TZ came down with something and, and was a little bit crook, so he wanted to be at full fitness when he does the muffin <laughs> challenge. So, But he, is, he has promised that, that he'll do it. But, yeah, I, I'd be keen to see, to hear what, what you thought of the pods or did you tune in on your bus trips around uh, around Europe? Did you did you get off the I tips did. in the ears? And... I did. I've listened to all of them. Um, I enjoyed all of them. All the boys brought like a different perspective, I'd say. Um, Bill with some pretty big takes like he usually does. Um, and TC and DZ, just brilliant dribblers, very entertaining dribblers. Um, yeah. Yeah, great. I've spent a lot of time with the boys this this week. Just I uh, I worked from the UC library, so I, I saw a lot of them, and it was it was great. It was it was good to you know see some some off the tips boys in the flesh. But look, <laughs> enough about us, and let's head over to the K Club, the Irish Open. Vincent Norman just gets the job done. Started the started the day six back on on Sunday and. And managed to a few, a few guys fell over in front of him to to put it kindly. But AC, what what did you think of what unfolded in Ireland? Yes, yeah, so I, I actually caught quite a lot of this um, being unemployed. So I smashed out some job applications in the morning in time for the golf and kind of parked up expecting and just not expecting this. He came out of nowhere. Like the coverage didn't pick him up till very late. He was just kind of going his own business. Like the comment um, radar was declaring Rory on like the third hole, which was just everyone that knows golf knows that that's just seriously stupid. Um, but yeah, he's a very like accomplished amateur. He was, I think he got up to fourth was his best um, in the world. And then he won the Barbasol, which is like the, opposite event to the Scottish Open, a co-sanctioned DP and PGA Tour event. So he's definitely no mug and a bright future. There's a lot of people, I've seen some like kind of future Ryder Cup teams and a lot of people have him in it. So there's clearly the talent there and heck of a round, seven under, final round to get it done. Um, that shot he hit into 18, given he knew that he had a chance of winning at that point was just, perfect like on the money just nearly pin high right of it away from the water two parts for a nice birdie but promising another promising player for Europe yeah um came through the Corn Ferry Tour just got his uh got his PGA Tour card and yeah like I was really impressed with him at the Barbasol I saw quite a bit of that tournament and 
I, I like the cut of his jib, AC. I think I think he's made of some pretty good stuff, and and he, and he showed that this week. And he also a little nugget. I'm pretty sure he goes out with Frieda Kinholt, who plays he does. on the PBA tour. So yeah, hey, that that's uh some some good bloodline incoming for mm. <laughs> for some. You know, yeah, hopefully we. Uh, this is, I always have a soft spot for the Scandinavians. Um, they always seem to have flush the shit out of it, and um, well, decent characters too. Literally, like all of them. I because I've been of back at work today, and I've been writing a big piece on the on the Solheim Cup, and obviously there's a lot of Swedes playing pl- playing for the European side, and literally all of them just ranked so high and. Uh, greens and rig and like driving accuracy they just all all of them are flushes there's just something happening in scandinavia and maybe we could head there for a couple of couple of one-on-one couple sessions of to, to, mm. to see see how to find the middle of the club face but geez it was a decent week for the kiwi boys too did you did you see much of them did they get much coverage over in the uk they did foxy particularly around four got plenty of coverage um great return because he's had a funny sort of year really disruptive and he hadn't played since the end of july so that's a great return and he started a little bit rusty and kind of built his way into the tournament so hopefully now that kind of the disruptive nature of the year is gone for foxy he can just i'm hoping he can peel off a win coming in before the race to dubai and have a really strong finish the year because it's been a Bit of a strange one for him. Yeah, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there. But just Foxy loves the Irish Open. He's tends to always play really well there. And I know he's he said it himself. He he really wants to get one of them one day soon. So look, yeah, I, I was pretty happy with the return of Foxy after a long layoff. I was definitely not expecting that, but looked like he hit the ball incredibly well and. Dan Hillier started really strong as well and kind of just f- faded away a little bit like, well, Min Woo was pretty shit on Sunday too, which is a bit disappointing. Oh, I think that's, that's a bit harsh. Hillier had three under last round, um, so I wouldn't call that fading. But Oh, sorry. But- he was <laughs> – it was this Friday, Saturday that was a little bit um, – a little bit average, but yeah, I, I did. I did see he had a good number on Sunday. Sorry, and Minwoo too was off a six-month break. Uh, so, not six months, six-week break. T seven. So, you know, a, a pretty good return for him too. Shane Lowry is another one. Uh, there was a lot of T three for him. There was a lot of idiots saying that he shouldn't have been in the Ryder Cup team, which is just ludicrous. But it was good for him just to prove them wrong. Put it, put it to bed good round for him it was good to see some form because he has been struggling a bit but everyone knows that he would have been one of luke donald's first picks oh yeah i it took all my willpower actually to not get in some twitter arguments this these last couple of weeks about shane lowry i just oh and in what world who do you want standing up facing guys like scheffler wyndham clark jt brooks do you want Shane Lowry or do you want, with all due respect, Adrian Moronk? Like I know, I know who I'd have, and 
and my side and yeah I just yeah we're going to talk about the Ryder Cup a little bit later but yeah I I am firmly on the same page as you about the the people calling for his head I think that was a little bit extreme and it sucks to say it but there's such a big difference in the PGA Tour and DP World Tour in terms of abilities like I think I saw, so Shane Lowry and Adrian Moronk have played in 13 tournaments together, and when they have, Lowry's beat him nine times. So I think a little bit's just the strength of field thing for Moronk. Like Shane Lowry's a much better player. Like the, people that, I... the people that were pointing to the three wins, I don't think, I think wins get overvalued when it comes to Ryder Cup. It's like, how consistent have you been playing? Because the win could just be one good week you've had. A little bit like Bobby Mack, how he's kind of snuck his way in, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And we'll, we'll we'll cover it a little bit more towards the end of the podcast, but yeah, it's you're right. And every time Moronk's kind of gone to the States, I think he's only had one or two really um, like decent finishes, whereas Shane Lowry is, is proven. There, but what what did you make of the event itself? You've obviously played some golf in Ireland over the last couple of months. You didn't play the K Club, but look, I'm I'm a bit unsure about having the Irish Open there. I I'm firmly in the camp. I think it should should be at a traditional links course, but that's personal preference, and I I just think. It's a national open in a in a country with such a proud history of golf courses like that. They need they should play it there. Well, I, I'm I'm interested to see what you think after so, spending some time there. Yeah. So, do you think that the K Club is a shit parkland, or you just think the a links course would be better? I was I didn't like the K Club, but upon reflection, I think I was being maybe a little bit harsh. I don't think it's the, the best course to host the Irish Open. I I think you could take it to several different kind of mm. parkland yeah, courses. So, I, mm, so my perspective on it would be that I think with all the with all the good links golf courses they have there, you'd think they can find one to play it at. Um, they've had it at La Hinch previously, so that's a great venue. That's a course me and Monty played, and that would be highly on the list. Height that we played would be top four or five. The one thing that's tricky about all of this is just the green fees that they have to forego to host these things. So, La Hinch, me and Monty paid 300 euro, so that's 550 NZ, and it was basically a full field full of oh, tourists, basically. So, they just, I think they'd lose out on so much money, so they just go, nah, we don't want to host it, which is a shame, but. That's why it ends up at like a bit more of an exclusive club, like the K Club, where there's not as many visitors, and it's not a big deal for them to. It's probably more beneficial for them to host the Irish Open. Yeah, I I didn't really take logistics into account when I when I made those calls, but look, as always, just a level head on your shoulders, really, just answering the hard hitting questions. I think. But I do think the K Club's not a good way of showcasing Ireland golf, right? Yeah, like, for and I sure. guess that's what you're kind of trying to say is there's all these brilliant links courses, and they're different in Ireland. They're big dunes. There's not as many pot bunkers. It's it's very different to a Scottish or English links, um, and they don't really showcase that with this tournament, which is a bit of a shame. 
yeah, that's pretty much you've taken the words out of my mouth there. It's exactly what I mean. It is, it is an alternative game to what you see around the rest of the UK. And I just, yeah, I would like that showing. And, mm. yeah. I do think it's a good parkland. That it provides plenty of opportunities to score. There was a seven under out there. And then you see someone like Rory have four water balls in the last round. And he had eight for the tournament. So it can bite you on the ass too. And we saw when he won in 2016, he went birdied 16, eagled 18. And then the opposite this year, he had like an eight on 16 and he birdied 18. But it just showed that I think it still can make for exciting golf, this golf course. Well, yeah, for sure. And anything else for the Irish Open, AC? Anything you saw? Or should we should we discuss some Ryder Cup stuff? Yeah, let's get on to the Ryder Cup. I think we've covered enough of the Irish Open. So Ryder Cup sides have been named, AC. What are your thoughts? We'll start with the Europe, uh, with the US side first. What were your thoughts on the side? Any kind of surprises and anything you would have done differently? Yeah, there's kind of those two picks, right, that were just the ones that were discussed the most. One was, are they going to pick JT, which they did, and I'm pleased they did. Uh, even though I'm going for Europe, I thought it would have been a travesty if they didn't pick JT. He's just such a good Ryder Cup player, so good for morale. He's like their leader. Who cares that he's had a slightly average time of it? Well, actually, a very average time of it. I think he'll step up and play pretty well in Rome. And if he doesn't, I don't think it's a big deal either. I He'll contribute plenty off the, off the golf course. And then the other selection that was a bit interesting was Sam Burns, I guess. There was... Cam Young or Keegan Bradley that could have taken that place. I would have probably lent Keegan Bradley, but again, team fit. I think Sam Burns is he's better mates with them all, and I know there'll be some people that say it's a boys' club and whatnot, but you do want a little bit of that team chemistry, and I think it's a coin toss between them anyway. Yeah. What do you think about it all? Well, I think Sam Burns is president's cup. Probably helped him a little bit. He played really well there. I think, yeah, it, out of him, Cam Young and, and Keegan Bradley, I'm not sold on Cam Young like a lot of other people are. I just, I think all the hype around him is a little bit unjust and he definitely wouldn't have made my my side. I think the only kind of surprise like around his selection isn't, hasn't been as his average form it's been they just thought he would be a really good fit for the golf course and look I I just I wouldn't have picked him I don't think he's shown me enough mm. he's had a couple of good finishes at majors yes and I just look I, I just personally think that Sam Burns is probably the pick out of those three and if he was playing well I would have picked Dustin Johnson, but look, mm. he's he's stunk it up. Yeah, I think Sam Burns is he's the better putter out of those three as well. And I reckon putting is just so important in match play. There's nothing more demoralizing when you think you've got a hole and someone just holds like a ten footer. And also the other one that might have if he hadn't ruffled so many feathers is Bryson. He's um had a, a decent little run of it, so but again, he would have been an absolute train wreck in that team room. So he, he kind of 
his own actions kind of put him out of selection there. But the weird bit was couples coming out about a month or two ago saying that Cam Young would be there. Last year, I would have had Cam Young on my team 100%, but this year, he's just played poorly. There's no really other way to say it. Yeah, there, there isn't. And look, I think there's not really a whole heap else to discuss for this United States team. I'll I'll read it out for the listeners that haven't uh, seen the team yet, but if you're listening to a golf podcast, I'd say the chances are you have. But this, it's Sam Burns, Patrick Cantlay, Wyndham Clark, Ricky Fowler, Brian Harmon, Max Homer, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffle, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas. So, look on paper, a great side. Yeah, it's. I think it's their best chance to win in Europe in a very long time. It's been 1993 since they've won there. I think we'll have a close one on our hands this year, which will be exciting. For sure, we'll... We'll jump over to the the European side, and I'll read it out first. This time, Ludwig Aberg, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fletwood, Tyrrell Hatton, Nikolai Hoygaard, Victor Hovland, Shane Lowry, Robert McIntyre, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Justin Rosen, Seb Straka, captain by Luke Donald. AC, probably a few more talking points around this team. Initial thoughts? Very good team. I'm glad. I'm actually glad they left out Morong. I think getting one of the Hoy guards in is a bit of a future proof, and they're not going to lose much from having uh, Nikolai in there. Um, so, pretty good selections from Luke Donald. I think the one kind of spanner in the works was Bobby Mack automatic qualifying. He's been really poor apart from the Scottish Open, and that kind of has inflated his points a bit. He's He's probably not where he needs to be. I would have had Moronk over Bobby Mack. But Bobby Mack does have, there's something intangible about him that I think will thrive in a Ryder Cup. And I don't really know why, but it is a bit of a gut feel. But if you look at it from a data golf perspective, down the bottom of the Europe team, you've got Lowry at 40, Nikolai Hoygaard 51, Strucker 52, Moronk 61, Bobby Mack 127. And he's down there with people like, Riley Davis and Tom Hoagie and that kind of crew. So, yeah, I think there'll be a bit of pressure on Bobby Mack. A real contingent of Twilight golfers down the bottom there. Mm. Uh, look, you, you were a fan. I was n- not completely sold, but Ludwig Aberg making the team, something AC saw coming from, from, a, from a wee way out. But, look, I think... My only initial thoughts is if he's not on the side, how is he not a, a vice captain as Marcel Seam? <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Do you want to have a guess? I had a look today. Do you want to have a guess what his data goal ranking is? I'll, I'll have a throw at the dartboard and it's got to be. What, what did you say Bobby Mack was? 127. It's got to be sub-150. I'd say 135. 180. Oof. You should have taken the dartboard analogy. Yeah, I should have. I should have. Um, But AC, do they measure ticker, determination, (laughs) grit, and just complete heart and soul on data golf? I don't think they do. And 
look when when I'm picking a side, <laughs> if, if I can see the the glorious man bum fist pumping on his way to <laughs> stealing a point off Scotty Scheffler, I'll, I'll take it any day of the week. But yeah, if if not uh, on the team, how's he how's he not on the on the admin side? But I also I don't know if it's a is it it must be a prerequisite that you have to have played in a Ryder Cup to be a vice captain. Let's say. So, is he is he number one in the passion rankings? I'd say yeah. Bobby Mack would be right up there too, Willem. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. That you don't get more passion than Marcel's saying when you're first pumping drives. That's a <laughs> that's a different kind of passion, and mm. it's it's it's. Imagine he just dings one the first <laughs> the first tee at Marco Simone. He just hits a beautiful fairway finder, and you just see him just revving up the crowd. Get around it, but no. In all seriousness, I'd pay to see yeah. that. Would you have picked <laughs> Moronk? Uh, yeah, uh, I probably, yeah, yeah, I probably would have. Who would you, who would you have left out then? That's, that's, that's what I'm thinking of now. I, I don't know. I, yeah, good content. I find it hard. Yeah, great content. Maybe, yeah, maybe Nikolai. I, I, I see it from both sides though. So Nikolai far younger and. Probably, as Matty Johns would say, has more tomorrows, and mm. and Moronk, yeah. Look, he's had a good season on the DP World Tour, and if he had played more DP World Tour events, he very well would have probably been on that team. He he went over and tried his luck in in America, which is a, a good decision. But if if he had kind of taken the Bobby Mack route and just played every single week, chances are he wouldn't have to be upset about not, mm, not yeah. getting a captain's pick. No, that's a fair take as well. I think there probably needs to be a little bit of a rejig again with this qualifying system because Tommy Fleetwood didn't auto-qualify, which just seems peculiar to me. He's been playing really good, so if if he doesn't auto-qualify, I don't know what's going on there. He's top 10 in the world, so... Do you even understand how the qualifying system works? It just makes my head fall off. It's very hard to. I, I've tried to work it out, but I can't. So it's not. It's probably not anything that we need to stress over. Yeah, you're right. So it's, it's it's not keeping me up at night. But AC, look, we'll before we move into our playoff holes, do you just want to make a? I'm reserving comment until you make a comment on our on our weekly punts. Geez, the boys have been struggling. But just from your point of view, what are you doing wrong? Because I'd love to maybe take some. Maybe we can just bounce some ideas off each other and try and really turn this around because we're, quite frankly, an embarrassment to our listeners. It's really bad. And that number just keeps staring me in the face. I think I'm over 500 down now. The Fitzy one really hurt. It looked like he was going to win that tournament then bogeyed the par five and then Ludwig just went on an absolute heater it was so bittersweet because I was so pumped for Ludwig to to kind of show what what he's made of but then that would have been a handy punt to have I think I had 40 on fits and then this week I just got it totally wrong I I changed my 
tactic, which I need to stick to my guns, win bets only. I got a bit cute with Alexander Bork, um, Bjork or however you pronounce it. He's been up on a lot of leaderboards. I was like, I'll put him for a top 20. Again, that didn't work. Um, I'm running out of ideas. I'm just gonna have to, I'm gonna go win bets from now on. No, no top forties or any crap like that. Just win bets. Stick to your guns and see if you can peel off a couple. See, what do you think I'm, you're gonna do? I'm in the in a different boat to you. See, I was doing really well kind of through that middle period of the year after I got a little bit lucky and and punted some winners and then I just I had a good run of kind of top ten bets and look. It was a lot easier to put those top ten bets on when I was in well in the green, and now that I'm I'm firmly in the red, kind of putting those those bets on seem a little bit cowardly. And but look, there's still a, a bit of a period to go in the year. And look, what what's a what's a good result for you? Do you think, like figure wise? Because I think I'm still a possibility of getting in into the green. Like we're not going to be. We're not going to be shouting rounds for the listeners, and the, and we're not going to be buying properties. But look, I, I think I could probably get slightly into the green and maybe buy a couple of coffees. But oh, you've got to believe, don't you? Um, you do, you do. I if Fitz hit, if the Fitz bet hit, I think I would have been within two hundred. So I, that's my goal. If I can get less than two hundred in the read, I'd be stoked. Which. If you think about it, it's probably it's probably hitting two winners, which isn't yep. out of the realms. Um, Wentworth, I feel like the horses always play well there, so looking forward to that. We'll probably go pretty straight up and down there, I'd say. Um, but yeah, it's not good. It's, it's, that's what I'll say. It's getting embarrassing posting them. I actually didn't post the punts last week because I was, I was so embarrassed. I was hoping one of us could have something to write home about this week, but we didn't. Yeah, we could also we could almost pretend those those didn't happen, but look, you can't no, you can't you, get back can't get back that money. So, look, yeah, I'm. I said that I was keen on the top tens, but I'm also now starting to think maybe I just put all my eggs in one basket, just straight on the nose of someone and just back and back them to the hills. Yeah, that's that's one way of doing it. I thought about doing that one week and I didn't, and it. It wouldn't have worked. Nothing. I think. I think you can't lose sight of your strategy here. Mm. There's been times, you know, where we've been close, and that's that means you're kind of you you're burning edges. Yeah. Well, look. Let's just we'll we'll get the money out. We'll go again next week. But look, AC, we've we've battled away here. Look, we've we've struggled a little bit, but. But we're just getting our cohesion back. We're we're like a, a halves pairing. One of us has been out for a, a couple of weeks. We're just finding our feet again. But we'll get into playoff holes. And I'm really keen to hear if you have anything to tee off about after you've been around the world. You you must have seen something that's pissed you right off. Oh, there's there's too many. Um, one of the ones that has really come to fruition is just how strict we are in New Zealand and bars and clubs on your dress code. Um, I haven't had to think about it once while I've been in Europe. You just wear literally what you've been wearing. Um, shorts, Burks, I've been wearing like cricket shorts. It does. They don't give a shit, and, they, and neither should you. 
Um, I don't think it should matter what you wear. I don't really get all that carry on we do in New Zealand. Like, I don't know who we're trying to be. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm teeing, so I'm teeing off on just our our dress code in New Zealand. It's just far too stingy. Yeah, I agree, and especially when you're walking into an establishment and they expect you to have some RM Williams on, but you're walking into a dance floor that has like a layer of juice of just <laughs> like, and, and just your, your, your good shoes when you walk to the bar are almost coming off from the sticky floors. Like, look, I just think if we're, if you're expecting us to be dressed like I'm going to a wedding, mop your fucking floors and, and maybe you, work on your presentation because it's got to be a two-way street yeah and i don't want to be squelching my way client meetings and stuff because i've been wearing them on the circuit that weekend mm, yeah you just got like midori lemonade and in, in the soles of your boots like please uh, have you got anything else or do you do you want to hear what what i'm teeing off oh, on? another thing i'm teeing off about is just I guess it's a product of of their busy cities and um, countries they've they've grown up in, but just how pushy foreigners are. We were constantly last onto buses just because you'd start in the middle of the line and within about a minute you'd be at the back and you don't even really know how it's happened. But they just the art of lining up isn't really a thing here. It's just it's just kind of first in first served. Yeah, there'll never be an excuse me either or sorry when people push past you. Um, we've I noticed New Zealanders are very good at that. Just a, a culture shock. Just a, it's, yeah. a, it's all that's all it is. It's a culture thing. But hey, interesting to hear. Uh, I'm just my teeing off is not as good. I'm teeing off on one on the rugby union. AC and I, for those of you that don't know, aren't real. Massive rugby union guys, but obviously get get around the the ABs when they're playing. I get I personally get around club rugby. I think it's the purest form. But look, I tuned into an All Blacks game. That'd be the first All Blacks game. Eighty minutes of an All Blacks game I've watched in quite a long time. I just couldn't believe what I was watching. It was so boring. And then to follow that up, I, I didn't even watch this game. I just, I just saw, I got up to, and I was going to watch the highlights, and I saw that there was no tries, and well, the England didn't score a try and scored twenty seven points against Argentina, and I was like, well, I'm not going to watch those highlights. That can't be, that can't be that interesting. What, what's happening with, with the sport, the sport that, in the mid, kind of two thousands was so good to watch, and you were filling out crowds to, to Super Rugby. What, what's happening? Uh, I'm teeing off on on that, and I, I just don't understand what's what's kind of gone wrong. Yeah, hard to say. I I'm not an astute union mind, so I probably shouldn't comment too much. But I'd say the refereeing. I complain about the NRL refereeing sometimes, but the referee just has so much influence on a union game and how it flows. And I feel like a lot of them are very nitpicky, and I I think it just leads to a slow and and dull game there's not a lot of fatigue in the game and um it's it just shows like south africa are playing a seven forward bench that that shouldn't be allowed and that 
I think that shows where rugby's at at the moment. Yeah. Get rid of scrums and get rid of rolling malls. Please. And the other thing I, I'm tearing off on is... Well, this I don't know if this is a tearing off. This just kind of rattled me a bit. I was on my flight home from Sydney, or from Christchurch to Sydney yesterday, and I was about to ask the flight attendant because she was offering us tea, coffee, juice. And she's like, oh, yeah, apple juice, orange juice, and tomato juice. And I was I, I was getting a couple of tea. And I was about to be like, fuck, that, like, does, does anyone ever order a tomato juice? And then the girl sitting next to me goes, oh, yeah, I'll have a tomato juice. And I was like, wow, like I have never seen someone willingly drink a tomato juice. Just that just must taste like cold tomato soup. <laughs> I was just about to say that. I haven't had a tomato juice, but if it's anything like tomato sauce, that would just be disgusting. Yeah, so I was a little bit, a little bit taken aback by that. Lucky I didn't ask because could have been. It was, it was about half an hour into the flight, but. The flight attendant I did notice had to break the seal on the on the tomato juice. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm my sure inkling was probably my inkling was probably right. Yeah. I I don't think they would get frequented much often at all. It's um maybe you're gonna have to try one next time you're on a flight just for the pod's <laughs> nah, sake. Mate. If I if um T Z if T Z breaks nine ninety seconds on his muffin challenge I'll scull a pint of tomato <laughs> juice straight oh, away. That's something I'd like to see. Yeah, so there's just there's a bit of an emphasis there you for go, TZ. TZ. TZ, get into it. We want to see a, a tomato juice down cow's gullet. <laughs> do, we'll, we'll start wrapping this podcast up. But <laughs> do you have a tough? Did you have a tough scene from anything you saw on your travels? Just something oh, yeah. you're like, oh. Yeah, we um. So we're in Fetier in Turkey, and there's a big, like, there's a pretty big language barrier in Turkey, um, particularly with the the middle aged to older people. And two nights in a row, we we got on the wrong bus. Um, we just we'd show them the map on Google Maps, and they'd say yes. Well, we thought they'd say yes, and we'd just end up nowhere near our hostel. And there's a couple of times where we had some pretty dodgy walks through some pretty back streets of Turkey and um, they have a lot of wild dogs, which is a bit scary. So, yeah, that was a real tough scene. Like we, we, what happened is the Google Maps didn't have like a suburb for our hostel. So we'd, we'd jump on a bus that was near there and it would, but it would always end up on the other side of that suburb and would be, would be a 25 minute walk away both occasions and, we never got it right at the time we were in Fetier and then the time we, we left the place and we still we still didn't know what the correct bus was. Look, as, as a man who hasn't got a car currently, uh, I know exactly what it's like getting on the wrong bus, but I, I don't have kind of a language barrier as an excuse. I, I've, just, I've just done it a couple of times. <laughs> but it, it is such a shit feeling. Yeah. And it makes me like realise how hopeless I am. Like I should know other languages but i'm i'm really poor like the, expecting them to know english is just it's pretty arrogant i'd say um yeah but like what are you are you saying that you should nail the basics and like every european language no, 
No, you can't. But I, I don't even, I don't know barely any of it. Like, I should know at least Spanish, right? Like, some basics can, oh, can converse. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I think you should. It made me realize that maybe you should make the effort. Not you, You're not going to be fluent, but just, just know a few things, just a few basics. Fair enough, yeah. Look, look you, you maybe, yeah. How do I, maybe like a, just a set, a universal sentence. Mm. Something. Can you help me? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, did you not get out Google Translate or something? Oh, uh, data was an issue in Turkey. Um, Ooh, so that data. was always a problem. Yeah. So, okay. um, mm. and quite often you'd put in Google Translate and they'd say yes, and it still wouldn't always end up where you need to be. It was just hard work, but that's fine. I thought it's all part of the experience. Yeah, I love it. That's that's great to hear. Well, my tough scene, mate, was I went out with actually the Zyrabs and played Templeton their home track, well, their home track in Christchurch. And I borrowed my partner, Nicole's brother's golf clubs, who's, I think I say six foot three, six foot two, like he's a tall guy and he's got um, long golf clubs. So they're like got longer shafts than, than the normal golf club. So I got his, pulled his three iron out and it was nearly up to my neck. Those of you that know me, like <laughs> – not a tall guy, not a tall guy by any by any stretch of the imagination. So I just couldn't like physically hit these golf clubs. Like I was choking up on them so much. I was almost like holding the, where the shaft meets the grip. Like <laughs> I was choking up on a couple of clubs like so drastically because I was actually, I was like, I can't choking be hitting down, it Choking down, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Did I say choking up? What a fucking yeah. idiot. That's all right. And, <laughs> So I was choking down on these golf clubs and because I was like on the kind of front few holes, I it was kind of like driver wedge. So I, I hit the wedges okay. So I was like, oh, I'm obviously not hitting it that bad. And then I got to the eighth and I like had to ask ask a few questions of, of, of this uh, six iron and like almost slipped. Like my back, it was quite wet and my back leg like slipped out. And then from there, my round just capitulated. I couldn't hit any golf club. I proceeded to just have the yips off the tee. I got the lefts back, hadn't had them for a while. Got I just couldn't hit any any clubs. Just it was it was borderline embarrassing actually. I was just so rattled. Couldn't just couldn't keep the ball in play and yeah, I, my tough scene this week is, you know. Just, Surely at that point you would have just off. borrowed a few of the boys you were playing with bats, or nah? Well, yeah, now that you say that, I probably should have just done that. But I mean, I don't, it, didn't it wouldn't really, have been too difficult. Nah, it didn't really cross didn't really cross my mind. But, like, it was <laughs> was your that, t- Was the toe of the club sitting way off the ground? Yeah. It when was you were standing like, up, yeah. Because I, I thought about just like just standing further away from the seed, but that felt so weird. And then, but after, but after the turn, it wasn't actually the irons that were the issue. It was I just got the complete. Every time I had to, I pulled a head cover off a golf club. It was I just either I either topped it or just hit it off the planet left. And I when I played over here recently, I. Hit driver, hit three wood, really well. Like 
and and three iron really well. But hey, look, you can't be good all the time. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I have a theory on that. I reckon if you've had a long layoff, your first round's always back's always way better than your second round. And I don't know really why. I think it's an expectations thing and like you just let your kind of natural instincts take over. But I always find that. Mm. I don't know. But Weird hey one. mate, I, I could take I chipped really well. Like I chipped probably as good as I have for a long time. So that was a, a slight positive I could take out of it. It's a pity I was just always trying to get up, up and down for bogey or double. So but hey. Look, AC, it was great to have you back. Uh, hopefully, we can get back into a consistent pattern. This has been a bit all over the show, this this pod, but look, it's just good to see you. Yeah, okay, you've made it back from, from Europe, and for those of you that want to hear a bit more on the on the Solheim Cup that starts next week, we'll do a, a podcast that has far more dedication to it before it tees off next week, so... Look, we appreciate you tuning in and AC, look, get back on the computer and, and fire out a, a few few more CVs. But it was good to see you, mate, and cheers, guys, for tuning in. You too, mate. It's good to be back. It felt a little bit rusty, I must say. Um, a good week at Wentworth coming up. I love that golf tournament. It's probably it's probably my favourite tournament outside the majors, um, other than maybe the players. So it'll be good to park up and watch a bit of that. All 12 European European team players are playing, so it'll be outstanding. Do you think about, just before we go, did you think about going down? I did, but I'm a bit poor at the moment and unemployed, so I didn't think going down to Wentworth and watching golf was a good idea. But, hey, I won't rule it out quite yet. There's still tickets yeah, and, available. And we're offside with the off-the-tips accountants, so they're probably not going to buy us a, buy your media pass. After what we've no. been doing with their money, yeah, I <laughs> I burnt burnt the budget at uh, the open, so not in their good books. But you never know if you ask nicely. <laughs> All good, mate. <laughs> it was good to see you, and cheers for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you next week. See you, mate. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too sick for your home?